Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You are welcome. You know this guest thing is getting is getting great. We are we have we have. I think we're nailing the guest thing now. We have uh, for a brief recap for those of you who don't listen often. Uh, Joe and I have been doing this podcast for forty one years. That's right. And uh, we uh, thirty. 32 years in, we realized that it would benefit us to have mic- microphones. Right. Microphones so came could, 32 years so that in. That's right. People could hear what we're saying. And then about seven years after that, it was brought to our attention that you were allowed to have guests on podcasts. Yeah. And uh, that and seemed like eight a good years. Idea. And eight years after that is when we figured out how to actually do it. Like we like, we're, right. like, we're like, oh, that's a good idea. How do you do that? Then it took another year at least. To so, do that. and uh, now uh, this is the second time we've done this. We're, we are doing a charity drive which uh has a name we have we gave it an official name the yeah, name let's is joe hear, and let's Mike. hear that name it, it's joe and mike's annual off-season sports card opening podcast marathon extravaganza benefiting an als charity as chosen by a friend of ours whose family has been affected by als 2024 right uh the, if you if you're interested in acronyms uh it's obviously j-m-a-o-s-c-o-p-m-e-b-a-c-c-b-f-o-w-f-h-b-a-a-2024 how so do we you pronounce can use that? that? You, you can uh, use you, that easily. That's easy. Use that I hashtag. Like to... Just use that hashtag on Twitter or, or uh, whatever, <laughs> just to to locate all of the tweets about this right. in one place. All all of these things. And and so we've had we've had some great guests last week. We had Tom Haverster on. We opened some basketball cards. Amazing. Uh, we we this week we have a very another very special guest to help us open some baseball cards and others and other cards and others and it, other football it, cards and maybe college basketball cards. I guess I don't know. We, some <laughs> it's Boog Shambi. Boog Shambi's here. Hello, Boog. Hello. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm delighted to be here. You guys are are awesome for for doing this and uh what a 41 years it's been for you guys so oh, congrats yeah. it really has yeah yeah it really uh, it's 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 pretty amazing it's it, we gotta do something for our 50th you know we never celebrate <laughs> yeah. those milestones but nine years from now when it's our 50th we, 50th, ought to have we, ought to, we definitely ought to do something so I'm working on t-shirts by the way for the uh charitable the uh charitable opening of cards great you know that whole thing Oh so, yeah! If you could get if you could get the whole name on there, we'd appreciate it. You might have to go <laughs> wrap around it, wrap around wrap, to the back twice, the like, like around twice. Dolta <laughs> Lamakia, yeah. Huh? But this is exciting, but that you're here because uh, the the charity that we are doing this for this year is ProjectMainStreet.org, which you are the friend who yeah. who who chose this year's charity. So talk yeah. about ProjectMainStreet.org if you would. Um, 
First of all, I just want to say thanks uh, because it, it it means a ton. Um, Project Main Street was born in 2006. I grew up in New York City. I moved to this little place in 1977 called Roosevelt Island. And um, when it opened and it was, you know, rent stabilized, rent controlled. I met this kid named Tim Sheehy. Group of us stayed friends forever. Tim went on to play college soccer in South Carolina in 2005, he was diagnosed with ALS. He and his wife, Katie, were really overwhelmed with cost yeah. um, because of the care and so much that is not covered by insurance. And so um, the side note would be that Tim played soccer at South Carolina, and one of the guys on the team was the drummer from Hootie and the Blowfish. So our first uh. event, Hootie and the guys played for – or Hootie and the Blowfish played played for free. We took half the money, gave it to Tim and Katie and the other half. We started a 501c3 and our charter as deemed by Tim, you know, who was alive then was that he wanted to help people that were, you know, underfunded in, you know, the ALS patient care world. There is one street on Roosevelt Island. It's called Main Street. So Project Main Street. It's amazing. It's right. amazing. You know, last year we focused, uh, thanks to our friend Sarah Lang's, we focused on um, uh, research, like, you know, so last year, mm -hmm. everything went to the, um, what we like to call the uh, Eleanor and Lou Gehrig ALCS Center, where we believe they both study the ALS and also whether or not to expand the ALCS. I believe it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a double whammy. Yeah. Um, but this year, really cool to, I mean, because this is obviously direct to, to people and families who desperately need it. Uh, and we cannot thank people enough because, I mean, Boo, I, I know that you, you don't check it uh, every day, but I know that last time we talked about it, we'd raised more than $25,000. It's, yeah, it's, it's upwards of $40,000 now. Whoa! It, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, look, I, it's – we directly being able to help people is crucial. I think the other part that I would tell you – look – with Lou Gehrig Day in Major League Baseball, now I get to think so about my great. buddy Tim and smile. Um, and then the other thing in terms of what we do is people need actual help. But there's another component that I don't think I and we anticipated, and that is when you lose your ability to communicate and your ability to move, so mobility and communication, your world gets really small. Mm. And when you need this help and you have someone reach out and say, Hey, we see you. We want to help you. Just that connection because they start to feel people that are battling this disease feel so disconnected from the world. They're kind of shut in to their house, depending on what their means are. So to be able to give that gift is part of, you know, what we're doing in trying to make, you know, their lives more comfortable. So great. It's so great. I mean, it's 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 funny because. Mike and I really started this whole idea because we just kind of wanted to open cards on a podcast. We thought that was kind of a silly, right. stupid thing. And this other component of this, the, the being able to give back. I mean, Mike and I talk about this all the time. This podcast is a complete waste of everybody's time. Everybody knows mm -hmm. that. And yet there's this one thing that we can do and have been <laughs> able to do. And it's it's really cool. So let me let me just so very quickly, I'm sure we'll do this again before we're done. Very quickly, this is how it works. You go to Project Main Street. We're asking you to donate $25 or anything you can afford to Project Main Street. Go to projectmainst.org 
to, to donate. And then what you will do, and this is what we're going to spend the rest of the podcast talking about, Mike and I are opening cards. We're going to have Boog help, uh, help us do that. And we are having a raffle. So what you do is you go to Project Main Street, donate, send us the receipt at uh, at podcastraffle at gmail.com. That's podcast, P-O-S-C-A-S-T, raffle at gmail.com. Send it to us. You will be in the raffle. And Mike and I have been laughing about this because this is really true. These prize packs are getting ridiculous. They're yeah. like, like it was great last year. Last year we had all of these people donating. It was super duper fun. This year, Mike and I went crazy buying cards. So we've just got crazy good cards to give you that we're just going to be throwing. You're just going to get a Griffey Jr. rookie card. You're not even going to want it. You're just going to get it. It's you're going to get it. You're going to get it. We're throwing these into the packs. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the cards we've already opened. Um, but we're also going to get uh, signed copies of my book uh, and Mike's book uh, and also, I guess we need to say we're going to be giving them a Jason Kander's book signed as well, even though. I guess. Yeah. Even though and it Jason... lowers the value of the price package. <laughs> and, and Jason has also offered if somebody wants it, he will sign a a uh, hat for his uh, baseball team that he plays on. Um, we, there's a Stratomatic game going in there. I know Boog is throwing some stuff in. I know that uh, Tom Haberstroh is throwing some stuff in. People yes. have been sending emails uh, like crazy. Um, it's amazing. But I, we're not even going to. I'm just telling you, you'll want in because yeah. the pack's going to be incredible. You'll, so so we're going to pick a bunch of winners. You'll be able to, we'll say, hey, congratulations, you won. You will be able to say, choose which of the cards we've opened you want. And then you're going to get like a box the size of a refrigerator. It's just <laughs> going to have a bunch of stuff in it that, that'll be really fun. Unopened cards, packs of cards, old cards, basketball cards, baseball cards, books, hats, just a bunch sure. of stuff that's going to be really that? great. You want some of that? Oh, look at this. We got a That's we right. got a signed Boog Shiambi card. How cool is yeah, that? There you go. Wow. <laughs> Not that cool, <laughs> but no. so uh so today uh Boog is an expert in all sports, I would all say. Sports. All oh, there's yeah. not a single sport that Boog doesn't know about. So we're gonna open some basketball cards, some football, football. cards, some baseball cards. Yep. We everything. had Dave, we had Dave Roberts on the on the show a couple weeks ago, and he went through and told us amazing stories about all these guys <laughs> that we opened. It was wonderful. If you it haven't listened so to that, wonderful. I highly recommend it. But first, before we open the new cards, we uh, we opened a bunch of cards on the podcast last week, and then after it was over, we just kept opening cards <laughs> on our own. And we have some we have some other stuff that we can just to entice you into donating. So Let's I go. opened some I opened some 2003 uh, basketball cards looking yes. for a LeBron rookie. Did not find one, sadly. Uh, I did, however, get a uh, a signed sign of the times Mookie Blaylock card. Look at that autograph. Oh, look yeah. at that, yeah. Mookie. Send that this to the Pearl Jam guys. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this die this is a die cut Mookie Blaylock signed card on the Hawks. It's a, his autograph is is wonderful. It covers the entire side of the card. Look at that. So great. Um, so great. I also got in in this same set. There's a, a there's a Kevin Garnett. I've got like a button. They had it. This set um, had a bunch of Michael Jordan cards in it to celebrate the career and life of Michael Jordan. I got like seven of them. They're all different. Uh, you <laughs> wow. can you can ask for the Michael Jordan prize pack if you want, and I'll just send you all of these Jordan cards. There's literally like here's another one. There's like six or seven or eight of them. 
Uh, I've got, uh, let's see what else. Oh, I got a, a numbered Bonzi Wells card. That's pretty great. I love Bonzi Wells. <laughs> Who doesn't love Bonzi Wells? Here's a Tracy McGrady rookie. Look at that. Tracy McGrady rookie. Oh, look at that's uh, very cool. Excellent. Mike Bonzi Wells, Ball State or Austin P. Uh, let me see. That's a good question. Where are you, Bonzi? Because that One sounds right. Both of those sound Ball right. State. Ball State. Ball, Ball State. State. Yeah. Well done. Hey, so I have a funny one. I, Ryan Dempster, who lives in Chicago and I've known since uh, his Marlin days, has really got into card collecting. Okay. So pause. When I was a kid, I collected cards of all types. And I was scarred because my dad would tell me these stories how his mother threw out, you know, 16 Mickey Mantle rookie cards <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. So I was like to my mom, look, you're not throwing them out. I finally whittled them down anyway, but I didn't go through them. I, I, I whittled them down to a, a few shoe boxes, but I went over to, to Dempster's house one night and we decided to pull my old cards because I don't remember what was in there. And that night, I actually I pulled a, a Walter Payton rookie card that was oh, wow. in like pretty stick condition, um, and it was it was uh, it was thrilling. I would say yeah, that to be is, honest, that's incredible. That is thrilling, incredible. So cool. I also opened a few more cards afterward. Here's here's how lucky we were. So, uh, a, a, the a listener to the podcast by the name of uh, Chris. Uh, Chris Vincent, I believe. Yes, Chris Vincent uh, sent us a bunch of cards, just a whole bunch of things. But one of the coolest things he sent us was a 1989 Upper Deck box, uh, which yes. has all kinds of really cool cards in it, including the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, which we pulled, we opened the box, and we got three of them. We got three wow. Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards pulling out of those. And then I also had a 1989 Don Russ and pulled two Ken Griffey Jr. rookie Whoa. cards. Whoa! Yeah, so we got five Ken Griffey Jr. rookie cards that we are going to be. I don't know how many prize packages we're going to have, but you basically everybody's going to get a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. That's what and I'm then, talking about. I'm going <laughs> to donate to my. I'm going to donate to my own charity. Enter the raffle. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, we got a John Smoltz rookie card from from yeah, that nice. year. Uh, we got a Carlos Beltran uh, upper deck rookie card from ninety nine. Very nice. Nineteen ninety six. I did uh, the Boise Hawks, and Beltran was in Spokane. Okay. Um, and he was only hitting right handed at the time. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought he was a a switch hitter the whole time. So no. So Kevin Long, I think in Spokane, made him a a switch hitter. I believe. I think it was that year. Really? How, how cool. many switch hitters in history are better than Beltran? Mickey Ooh, Mantle. Good. good Mickey Mantle. Eddie, Chipper, Eddie Murray. Eddie Chipper. Murray Chipper. Uh, that, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I put Pete Rose. I don't know where you're putting Pete Rose. Right. But, but Pete Rose. Uh, but like the guys you start to talk about are like, you know, Victor Martinez, Reggie right. Smith. Right. Kenny Singleton, guys like that. Beltran is I mean, he's, like he's, Carlos. He's, Top five, top five yeah, all time. I think he's in pretty... top five all time. And then I found this really cool card. I mean, it's it, I don't know what the value. It's an '89 upper deck, which obviously all '89 upper decks because it was their first set are kind of cool. It's this cool Nolan Ryan card where he's like, Ooh. it's like all kinds of different you know motion Ooh. on there. You know, it's like it's 
it's like four different pictures all put into one of Nolan Ryan. So very cool. It, it like might that. be the coolest Nolan Ryan rookie card. We got a Kurt Schilling rookie that uh, we're I'm sure will be much in demand. Anyway, mm. tons of great stuff that we're going to be that we're going to be totally in demand if you stopped paying attention to Kurt <laughs> Schilling in the year 2005. What if, what if somebody went into a coma right after like <laughs> right after the the bloody sock game? Literally right after that, they're like. Hey, I'm going to yeah. the Hall of Fame. I bet Kurt Schilling's in here. Then, like, no. <laughs> yeah. Why it's, is he in here? I can't explain. The day, <laughs> the day after the Bloody Sock game, went into a coma, came out yesterday, and his first thought, or her first thought, was, I got to get to Cooperstown to see Kurt Schilling's <laughs> play. My hero, Kurt Schilling. <laughs> the first thought would be, did the Red Sox win the series, right? That's, that's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. All right. How about, how about went into the coma right after game four of the, of the 2004 after series? After the World Series. Yeah. 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 I always make it difficult. That's my job. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, and that'd be great. And then they just go in and they're like, oh, this is awesome. And then where's Kurt Schilling's plaque? Yeah. Like, are they cleaning it? What's going on? So so we have we have all these cards uh that we've opened. We we haven't named all of them that we uh have no, opened by no. a long shot. But so the point is if you win, you will be, be able to pick any of these cards, but you can also say Hey, my favorite player is Victor Martinez right, or whoever. Right. right. If yeah. we have opened one of those cards, we will send you those cards. Yes. Because uh, there's a I I've got I've got probably uh, conservatively twenty five hundred cards on the ground that I've <laughs> wow. opened for the for this thing. So let's get going. Like, what are you gonna your favorite player as a kid? Me personally, uh, when I it it shifted. It was uh it was Jim Rice first my jim rice was my first first favorite i didn't realize and jim rice was your very very first favorite he That's was the star he was the best player on the team like in the early 80s and right, then it, yep. and it was then it became him and boggs okay. and then secretly quite and then it was clemens obviously in 80 starting right. in 86 and okay. then it long term it was it be, then it shifted to like boggs and and dewey 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 yeah, kind so of was dewey grew on you dewey grew dewey on grew you. on yeah. yeah 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 that's a yeah. good one well, my mine is Dwayne Kuyper. I mean, that's I I'm I've been very obviously very clear, very clear about that. Mine is Dwayne Kuyper, but I liked all of those. Like I was, a, I like Buddy Bell. I like Rick Manning. I mean, look, that's when you grow up in Cleveland, that's it, you know. And and I, I, I was unaware of the of the ability to like a player on another team. Like I wasn't even aware right. you were allowed to do that. I the was, funny, I was too. Yeah. The funny thing is the first player on another team so i'd be interested to hear both of you on this the first player on that was not on my team that i really 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 liked that i can remember al oliver and Ooh. i i it's really in, i don't know why well i do know why because at some point along the way for reasons yeah. unknown i got an al oliver poster I don't know if it was like at a yard <laughs> sale or whatever i don't know why i got an al oliver poster yeah. But I put it up on the wall and it was like Sports Illustrated back then used to have posters like of like cool posters of stars and, you know, major and minor stars. And I'm sure the Al Oliver one was, you know, probably one of the easier ones to get or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I really liked Al Oliver for a while. And then I started to know that you could really like other players. And then there were a bunch of others from other teams that I liked. But until I was 12, probably, I just didn't even... It, it didn't seem like an option. Who was your first like player on another team that you were like, I really like that guy. Me personally. Yeah. 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 Uh, it, it was Ken Griffey senior because uh, Ooh, I, senior. so I, my, my grandparents lived in Houston and I used to go spend the summers with them. 
and they we didn't have cable TV and they did. And so I could watch the Cubs on WGN and I right. could watch the Braves on the Superstation. And I, wa- I was watching a Bra- the Braves are terrible. Yes. And I was watching a Braves game because it was on and I was so excited to be able to watch a baseball game. <laughs> and Ken Griffey Sr. hit three homers. Oh, wow. And I was just like, I was like that guy. I'm like, I like that guy. <laughs> and then. And then that was very early in my baseball loving life. And then they were, they started taking me to Astros games. So then all of the guys that I loved, Bill Doran was my, was, was my first real love uh, outside of my team because Bill Doran was good for those mid eighties Astros teams. And he, I've talked about this before, but he had a year. I don't remember what year it was. Maybe it been 86 where he, he, he had this incredible statistical year where it was like, he hit 274 at home and 275 on the road. <laughs> he hit 273 in day games and 274 in night games. He hit 278 on turf and 277 on on, on natural grass. It was it was really crazy. And I and it was like the beginning. It was both the beginning of my love of baseball generally, but also specifically of statistics because I just I loved the numbers. I poured over the numbers. So Bill Dorn, and then I went and he had an autograph signing, and I went and got a baseball <laughs> autograph by Bill Dorn that I still have. Boo, who was your guy? All right, so I had this poster on my wall oh, look at that wow and mike schmidt was my guy i love mike schmidt yeah um my 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 dad's family grew up in philadelphia i was born there i moved to new york when i was seven uh, but they got their hooks in me and i never switched so schmidt Good. was my guy and then moving to New York, the first guy on another team that I really loved was Mattingly. Yeah. You know, it's funny because in the 80s, and it, like when I was in high school, it was a Met town, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. It was, the Mets were, that team, you know, built and grew from young to, um, you know, elite level and super talented. And then the Yankees just had Mattingly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love, you know, I was the left-handed hitter. Um, yeah, I loved, I loved him. I think Don Mattingly has an argument as the like the favorite player not on my team of the eighties. Like I think Don yeah. Mattingly might be. I mean, Dale Murphy was another guy for me because of the whole uh, superstation thing and everything. You know, watching him every night was awesome, and I loved, I loved him. He was my first. Don Mattingly and Kirby Puckett's numbers are. Very similar. Very similar. Very similar. And they both had their careers ended by injury. It's just that yeah. that pocket, because it was the eye thing, was very... It was uh, more tragic or something. It was more tragic and yeah, sudden, right. more sudden. Like, Mattingly, yeah, you yeah. watched him sort of decline. So, yeah. all right. Well, I'm going to open up some 1999 upper deck cards. So, let's, yes. let's take let's a look go. at some 99 baseball cards here. And we'll start off right away with i don't need to even say i I, it's one of those where you can say the first name everybody will know the second name uh you start off with todd obviously you're going to say todd dunwoody who else would it really be (laughs) all right i got a todd dunwoody story you ready of course you do let's go (laughs) this is why you're here boog i still use this without giving credit but Todd Dunwoody's up with the Marlins in 1998, and a scout said, I'll tell you what, right now you could fake it to him and he'd swing. <laughs> and for like the hacktastic guys, I still will use that line. You could fake it to him right now and he'd swing. I love that. Fantastic. I love that. 
All right, we we got uh, we got a little Matt Anderson. I thought Matt Anderson was going to be a good player. Actually, I I thought he was a first round pick from Rice. Uh, first round pick, I definitely was. Is it from Rice? Uh, of course, they don't say he's from Louisville. I can tell you that. I think he is from Rice. I'm pretty sure that's right. Okay. Uh, all right, we got Mike Mussina, Hall of Famer. Look at that. You, you can have this card right here, little Mike Mussina. Uh, we got Ryan Christensen. So, oh, yeah. Uh, no stories there on that one. Uh, oh, Dean Palmer. He was in the league in 1996 that I did. He was on the Medford A's. Okay, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, Dean Palmer. I have a Dean Palmer story, actually. Oh. Uh, Dean Palmer, by the way, good player. Dean Palmer was a very yeah. good player. Dean Palmer was on the Royals. And um, uh, he made the All Star team because the Royals were terrible, and and I mean he was it was not prime Dean Palmer. It was sort of the end of his toward the end of his career, but he made the All Star team. And I went. He was the only guy who obviously made the All Star team for the Royals that year. And I went uh, with our beat guy, uh, a, a wonderfully crotchety old baseball writer named Dick Cagle. And so Dick and I are there in the press box, two guys covering one player, Dean Palmer, basically. And Palmer comes up uh, with a runner on first, like in the eighth inning. The, I think the game's basically out of hand. And I say out loud, which is something I never do, but I just had this feeling, so strong feeling, because I was like in the third row and Dick was in the in the first row. And I leaned down and I said, hey, Dick, do you want to write about this 6-4-3 double play or should I write about it? And he hit right into the 6-4-3 double play. <laughs> it was perfect. It was perfect. All right, David DeLucci. Oh, here we go. Look at this card. All right, look at this card. This is David Ortiz on the Twins. Look at that with a big smile on his face. Yes. What a cool card. That is such a cool card right there. That's a good card. David Ortiz. He's uh, flexing. He's literally flexing his left arm. He He knew then. Obviously, this is not even good David Ortiz yet. He already knew that guy was going to be a superstar in the league. It says about Should... to be non-tendered there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> D- David Ortiz, uh, uh, every, most people who listen to this know this, my favorite player of all time. Is that right? Uh, yeah, my favorite uh, player of all time. But, but, okay, but you should say we did a book event together, and somebody in the audience said, all right, Mike, you can only choose one, David Ortiz or Pedro Martinez. And Mike lost his mind. He like he he literally broke. It was like watching the computer I, being overloaded. But I ended up saying Ortiz. You did, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, because because he was on the team longer in 2013 and uh, and retiring a Red Sox. It, yeah, it ended yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. It's but it, it's it was uh it was torture to have to answer <laughs> that question. All right. All right. So can I can I can I can I be the guy? Your audience is going to despise me by the end of this. No, let's um, do it. All right, so David Ortiz. I have two, I'll make them quick, David Ortiz stories. One is, I'm in Chicago. It's like 12, 13, 14 in that range. And the and the Red Sox are playing the Cubs. And I'm in my hotel, and I get into the elevator. And as the doors open, Big Poppy's standing there. She's the only person in there. And I'm like, oh, what's up? You know, I say, hey. We start talking. We go down two floors. Two kids get on. They're probably about 22. So David and I moved to the back of the elevator and stopped talking. And the one kid just starts looking at him and looking at him and looking <laughs> at him. And finally he looks at him and he says to Big Poppy, are you who I think you are? And David gets this giant smile on his face and he goes, I don't know. Who do you think I am? And the kid goes, Florida. 
<laughs> and we explode in laughter. We get to the lobby. The doors open. No correction. Everybody leaves. Oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> and then the part that I love about David so much is I get to Wrigley Field. I was doing the game for ESPN. When I get into the clubhouse, he literally tackles me, like grabs me <laughs> to drag me over to a table of eight guys to tell the story oh, because he that. thinks it's so funny. <laughs> and then my other great one that I was told was um, we're doing a Sunday night game. I was told this after the fact and then got to retell it. But you know, how you have the camera guy at third base who follows the home run hitter down the third baseline. Sure, with the sure. camera. So the camera guy's name was Duke. And on a Sunday night game, Red Sox are down against the Tigers. It's at Comerica pregame, David. And Duke knows all these guys because he's he's so close to them. And David says to Duke, hey, man, when I hit the homer tonight late, I'll go <laughs> real slow for you. <laughs> so it's the eighth inning. Jabba Chamberlain comes on for the Tigers. They're up one, a guy on base. Poppy launches, circles the bases, <laughs> taps the plate, comes in, high fives everybody. When it finally settles, he looks at Duke and he goes, did I go slow enough for you? <laughs> he's, he's the best. He's, he's the, the best the ever. Best. He is the, the best. best. He is the best. I just lo I, I love covering him so much because he loved everybody looking at him like – I was on the field. Steph Curry had his bachelor party at Fenway Park before he was Steph Curry. Wow. And he was there with his brother and a bunch of friends. And they're bringing Red Sox players over to him. So this is Tito was still there. And when they finally bring David Ortiz over to him, now he has not become Steph Curry yet. He's still right. like the guy with the foot problems. But David gives him a bat. And I mean, it was the neatest, you know, I remember, I still, as a college fan, I remember Steph and he was still trying to find, he wasn't a bad player. He was just okay. Sure. But to watch one professional athlete meet another professional athlete and Steph Curry was just speechless. It was like he, <laughs> he, he was dissolved into a 12 year old kid talking to David Ortiz. It was the coolest thing. I love oh, it. I love it. That's so amazing. Much. Oh, just amazing. All right. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up, but, but I will tell you, but this just is basically, this is the world I'm in. Yeah. We pulled a Ken Griffey Jr. card right there. There's a, there's hey! a 99 Ken Jr. Uh, card. So that'll, we'll put that in the stack there. It's another Ken Griffey Jr. card. And then we got like a little, I like these swing time cards that they had. This was Sammy Sosa swing time card mm. where they basically talk about uh, his power his aggression and the hop, the the the, the famous hop. So, uh, all right. So, very cool card. So, there's my pack right there. What do you got, all Mike? Right. I, I'm opening 2009 Donruss Elite Extra Edition. Well, of course now, you are. The exciting thing about this, there are Mike Trout rookies in in ooh, this set, ooh, like yeah. from from when he was like just drafted. Wow. And there right. are also Nolan Arenado rookies in here. Oh, okay. so this the the possibilities are significant. Okay. There's only five cards in each pack, so I'm gonna open two of them. See what I don't, we get. By the way, that's I don't like the trend. I don't like the trend of the smaller packs. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, so these are these are like guys in college. So like this is Adam Warren from UNC. They're kind of oh cool gosh. looking cards. Oh, Look at that. That's a cool, cool card. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Donnie Joseph from Cincinnati. 
don't remember Donnie Joseph. I don't remember Donnie Joseph. No, Donnie Joseph doesn't ring a bell. Chad Jenkins from where is he from? Kennesaw State. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you remember that. <laughs> of course. So here's here's Drew Storin from uh, Stanford. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, that is fun. That's fun. And Alex Wilson. So are uh, all of these are super rookies? Texas then, I mean, essentially, yeah. These are these are like literally they're in college. These guys. Yeah. So okay. Th- there's going to be guys who you know never made it. Never probably never made it, or at least never did anything that interesting. Here's Brooks Raley from Texas. Uh, okay. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Brooks very Raley. good. Oh, Brooks Raley. Oh, look at this. Here's Shelby Miller. Well, that's a fun one. Shelby Miller. That is fun. fun. Where did he go to? Uh, Cardinals Where? picked Miller with the 19th pick in the 2009 draft. Out of high out school? Of Brownwood, Texas High School. Yeah, I thought out of high school for Shelby Miller, yeah. He's been a good pitcher, that guy. Uh, and then Eric Arnett, Rich Poitras. <laughs> Rich Poitras <laughs> from oh Georgia. If, you're, if you are if you are a, a Rich Poitras fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let you, us know. <laughs> let us know. <laughs> that, that, card, that card is there for you. Reach out. And, and Jacob Turner. I don't remember Jacob Turner taken by Detroit with the ninth overall pick in the 2009 draft. The back of the card says relies heavily on his fastball and slider has the physique of a big league pitcher. <laughs> yeah, he does. I've, I've said that so many times about he's him. Six, six, two Oh five. That, I mean, they're not, <laughs> yeah. they're not lying. He yeah. has the physique of a big league pitcher. That's very fun. All right, All right. Keep going. I'm going to open more and I'll then, give you the highlights. That's yeah. That's what on. I'm doing too. So I'll, let me give you some highlights. Here's here's a highlight. Um, it, it's not a highlight card. I mean, there are good highlight cards. I've got a, we got a. So we're all, remember, I'm opening '99 Upper Deck. So you got a little A Rod. Uh, that's a young A Rod there. Uh, yes. On on the Mariners, very cool. I like these autographed ones. Like there are a few. Like they're I guess they're called Silver Script or something. So we got a little Carlos Guillen autographed card. Hey, look at that. That's kind of fun. So now Carlos Guillen, the one thing I would say is I don't feel like you can get full value trading away a superstar. I think the argument could be made that the closest anybody got to getting really full value is when the Astros and Mariners did that Randy Johnson deal. And the, the Mariners got Carlos Guillen, Freddie Garcia, and John Halama. Like, yeah. that's pretty good. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and were those were guys were key. I mean, Yen was a very good player. I mean, he really was good a hitter. Very, very good player. I guess when the when the when Cleveland made that trade where they traded away um Cologne, wasn't it the Cologne thing that got him Grady right. size? The only more? thing that, that always felt a little dicey about that one is that the league owned the expos. Yeah, that's right. That's true. That was that was very dicey. Yeah. That was dicey. That was. All right, so we got, let's see, I'm pulling Hall of Famers. We got Barry Larkin. There's a little Hall of Famer for you. Yes. Very, very fun. Michigan. Michigan, absolutely. Uh, in fact, wasn't, I mean, that's where obviously where Jeter wanted to go, right, was to Michigan. He didn't need, yeah. so like, I think he wanted to follow Larkin. So here's like a weird dynamics card that's A-Rod. I don't know exactly what that is. Oh. And then let's see here. He entered the major leagues just five years ago, but Rodriguez now has Im- impressive resume that most veterans would covet. One that includes an AL batting championship and a 40 homer, 40 steal season. Hey, you guys, I, I work with Jim Deshays sure. and JD at Wrigley field will check the wind by throwing 
a Jim Deshays Topps baseball card out of the window. <laughs> this is true. This just happened this past year. So I don't know whether you saw, but Jared Kelnick hit a home run in a day game at Wrigley that went into the second level of the center field bleachers. Yeah, it was, it was like blast. the farthest ball yeah, anybody's yeah. hit. On that day, in like the fourth inning, J.D. threw – a card out the window. Now, normally it just goes below our booth. Sometimes it'll get to the lower level. He threw it out the window in the third inning and it landed on the field. And we were freaking out. We were like, no way. We got to show it. We're going to get in trouble. They're going to yell at us. So we don't know what to do. It's in fair territory between the mound and the first baseline in like the fourth inning and we're excited and scared and we're thinking we're going to tell the producer to show it and we don't and then we forget <laughs> and it's getaway day and then we go and get on the plane and i get a text from scott service hey when i was going to take george kirby out i found this on the field and i put it in my pocket tell jd <laughs> i have it for him and sent me a picture of it. Oh, that's great. That is so great. By the way, throwing baseball cards on the field. <clears throat> by the way, Jim Deshays, Mike, that's a big, that's a big love for you, right? You he was Jim he Deshaies. was a guy, yes. I've told this story before, but I went to an Astros game when I was a kid where Nolan Ryan was supposed to pitch, and they handed out foam K's so we could all hold them up every time Ryan struck somebody out, and he was scratched. Yeah, at the last second, and Deshays got the spot start and struck out one guy in like four and two thirds innings, <laughs> and we all sadly waved the K's around. I told Jim that story. I went to a Cubs game, and I told him that story. And before I could see give him, him the, today, before before I could give him the punchline, I was like, "You got the spot start," and he was like, "Did I strike anybody out?" And I was like, "Yeah, you got one guy." Hey, check it out, Nolan Arenado, rookie, right there. Oh, look at that! There's a beauty. Wow, Nolan Arenado. Uh, second round pick of the Rockies in the 2009 draft. Shortstop in high school began his career as a third baseman. There he can it is. Play shortstop. He can still play shortstop. This is this is a this I is think. a very cool card. That is an incredibly cool card. Yeah. All right. So, Book, let me ask you a question. Do you have an Allen and Ginter card? Is there an Allen and Ginter Book Shiambi card? Ooh, good question. I don't believe so. Okay, because this is so I've started, I've moved on to the 2023 Allen and Ginter cards. Chris Fowler has an Allen and Ginter card. Look at that. Really? Chris Fowler. Look at that. Uh, yeah, they put all kinds of like celebrities. Like I I got oh, an Eric yeah. Stone Street the other day, the, which is weird. Um, but Chris Fowler, man, come on. Yeah. You're telling me Boog does not have one and Chris Fowler? Chris Fowler has nothing to do with baseball. Nothing. When the, what, what I'm trying to think what I could donate to this. I have <laughs> I have a Boog Shambi and Jim Deshay's bobblehead I could send you guys. Oh there sure, that would be amazing. And I, I don't have know some if... project. I have some Project Main Street hats. I think. Oh, that's very fun. That's very fun. Yeah, yeah. just we'll throw whatever you do. We're gonna we're gonna we just we're just Got gonna it. say there's gonna be Boog something to be oh. determined. You know. Stuff. How about an Alejandro Kirk card? With his actual jersey, little Ooh, piece a patch. Of, little, that little guy's patch. a good. That guy's a good player, man. Yeah, I like is. that guy a lot. He's very, very good. I he's think underrated. He is, a really, he is underrated player. Let's see. I got, oh. I got two. I got two Max Stassi rookies. In the, <laughs> oh, that's the extra edition. That's yeah. pretty good. That's not yeah. great that you got two of them like that. Like you didn't. You like one of those could have been, you know, something else, you know. But 
could have been trout. <laughs> it could have been a trout. Yeah. Okay. So in, in, in going back to the uh to the Allen and Ginter, by the way, I the, all these with the patches are cool. This is an Andre Knott card with a patch. So I'm what patch? Like this. Well, what is are from, they? What is what is this? They take what, his Andre polo? Yeah, I was gonna say it's from the polo that Andre was wearing on the sideline during the game. Like what and Andre is wonderful. I love Andre so much, but awesome. what? Like why why did I mean it's one thing to give Andre a card, which totally he deserves, way more than Chris yeah. Fowler, totally deserves, but they went to him and said, Hey man, can we cut up one of your shirts so we can so we can put like a game worn patch? That's weird. The other thing is that if they ever did that to me, I would absolutely keep wearing that shirt so that people <laughs> would say, Hey, do you know you have a hole in your shirt? And I would say, Yeah, well, they took it to put it on a baseball oh, card. Oh, the baseball card. And so oh, that way- yeah, sorry. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> they needed a part of my forgot. shirt for my baseball you know? card. Well, yeah. what would be so great is like somebody could come find you and like match up the patch to the shirt hole right there. It could be, That's right. it could be like a like one of those magic tricks. All I right, got a Shelby yeah. Miller. Here's a Shelby Miller rookie there. Look well, at that. That's very fun. Oh, Shelby oh, Miller. That's very fun. Okay, who is – all right, so wait. Who is Adam Lefko? Adam Lefko, anybody? The yeah, the the just the very popular podcast, football podcast. Right, that's what I'm saying. Football guy, and he also uh, has a role on NBA on TNT. How are these people getting cards, Boo? What is going on? I don't know. Here? I don't. I don't have an answer. <laughs> but part of part of this process is Joe and me lobbying Allen and Ginter subtly and not card. subtly to give us a card. <laughs> yeah, and we're not being subtle about it. We just want to. <laughs> We want a card. I I don't think it makes any sense for us. And if you guys thought about, is it a joint card and yeah, are yeah. you posed in it? What, what no, are we? No, they, I think they do. They draw something. So I don't think. So it's an action shot. It. <laughs> yes. It's us in action doing the podcast. It's just, it's just <laughs> each of us in front of a microphone. Yeah, no, I think it's gotta be a, a dual. I don't, I mean, you know, Mike is famous enough to get his own card, but not, not me. So I think it, it would need to be a dual card for us to, uh, for us to, uh, to Hey, a Brandon belt, Brandon belt rookie. Look at that. Look at that swing. This? That guy's okay. got a great swing, man. Brandon yeah. belt. How long, how old is Brandon belt now? I'm going to say uh, 35. He's, he's born be... in 80. He's born in 88. He turns 35 in two months. Look right on the money. Right on the money. No way. I'm sorry. He's 35. He turns 36. And in, in, uh, so, so you're, you were right. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. <laughs> I don't Bell know what was... this is. I don't know what I'm doing right now. He's doing a version <laughs> of the Jeter fist pump, a, a perverted version of the Jeter fist pump. Here's a cool looking uh, Frank Thomas card, by the way. People collect art. People love their big hurt, right? I mean, it feels like they Absolutely. do. Yeah. So that's that's really fun. What do you got there, Mike? You getting anything right. for us? Let's see. Have I'm you ever done the, the Frank Thomas Jeff Bagwell matchup with like their birthdays are the same, it's their amazing. numbers are the same? Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. The original in the original baseball 100. So, Mike, I haven't told you this. I wrote a book called The Baseball 100. Really? And it, it, yeah. And uh, it's a countdown of the 100 ways. Good read, Mike. You did a good good job in the read there. The the really, thank you, thank you. So I uh, I did a uh, I did the original version of it appeared on my uh, my blog and and uh, it, I made it all the way to like number thirty before giving up on it and then redid it again. In the first version, I had Frank Thomas and uh, and uh, and uh, Jeff Bagwell tied. It just had basically it's like you know. 
same guy, same birthday, yep. same everything. Mike, I, I don't know that I've asked you this question. What is the pain level, the pain quotient for you on losing Jeff Bagwell for the Red Sox? Back then, so I remember when that trade happened, the Larry Anderson for Bagwell trade happens. I remember uh, Peter Gammons. Uh, that some uh, Somehow this story got to me that I was a kid, but Peter Gammons apparently read about the trade or saw it come over the wire or whatever and apparently like had to sit down because he was so despondent <laughs> at what had happened. And, you know, at the time, not really understanding how the world worked, Larry Anderson pitched, pitched okay for the, yes, for the Sox did. down the stretch. He pitched pretty he well. Did. He did. And, and they were obviously making the run and uh, it was a big deal. But in the, in the uh, aftermath, it was one of those like daily nightmares where like every yeah. day I would wake <laughs> up and go like, Oh no, it still happened. Like, you know, like when, because, because yeah. I used to, again, I used to go to Houston and I would see the Astros play and Bagwell would hit 500 yeah. foot home runs at the Astrodome <laughs> and Larry Anderson had long since left. Long gone. Yes. And, and I just, <laughs> I just couldn't believe that he was sitting there in New Britain, re essentially ready to play. Like he was, he was months away from, from he coming was, to the big leagues. But he was blocked as well. Like it wasn't just Boggs. He was blocked by Scott Cooper, who was at Triple <laughs> A and made yeah. two All Star teams. That's right. Yeah, Scott did indeed. Scott Cooper was a, was a very good. But I mean, here's the thing that's that's. I mean, look, bad trades. Every every club's yeah. got the their their disastrous bad trades. The thing that that's so crazy about that one is he's. He's the all-time Red Sox legend if he has that career in Boston, right? Oh my he god, grew up there. Oh he's god. like, he's like, he's like, literally grew up there. His grandmother was like the biggest Red Sox fan in the world, living in one of those little Boston uh, suburbs. And it's just, what in the world? Like, I, I, I went to William and Mary uh, for one year because I wanted to try to walk on to play baseball. Okay. And I, so I went there on like a pseudo tour and I met a couple of the baseball players and I was going over their schedule from the year before and they had gotten waffled by the University of Hartford. And I was like, University of Hartford. <laughs> and the two guys were like, yo, they had a guy on their team that absolutely mashed. And I was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I actually got to tell Jeff Bagwell that story. That is so good. How did how did your yeah. walk on experience go? By the way, yeah, I stunk. No, <laughs> no, but, I mean, but you you tried, right? Like, like... So I, I ended up. I, I was on the team at William and Mary. I got hurt, and then I transferred to Boston College, and then I got cut. Okay. You, hey, you played baseball in college, man. You played that, you baseball know in I mean? college and you got hurt. I mean, you know, come I had on. two hits in an inning against the Coast Guard in a fall league game. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. Pretty yeah. good. Look, to me, one of the great things, like I have a, a friend whose brother uh, pitched at, uh, I think, Ohio University. I think he went to OU. And he pitched there at OU, you know, good enough pitcher. I mean, college pitcher, like a regular for, for, for Ohio university, like pitched every, every third day or whatever. So I mean, like a regular pitcher, pretty good. And they play North Carolina and, uh, and, and, you know, whatever first inning he, he's got, he puts a couple guys on, he throws a pitch to a guy who hits a 900 foot home run, like the longest home run anybody's ever seen. It was BJ Serhoff. 
So yes. for the rest of his life, he could say he served one up to BJ Suroff, which yeah. is the greatest thing because whenever we'd watch a game and BJ Suroff would be up, we'd be like, hey, so how how would you pitch him here? What, what, yeah. what, would, you, what, 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 would, you, what would you try here? All right, I've switched to football cards uh, to get a couple of cool, interesting things. So I'm going right, to... Uh, before you some... do that, I'll, I'll go through my the highlights of the rest of my Don Russell. Yeah, let's do it. Speaking of Red Sox legends, here's Brock Holt. Oh, oh Red Brock Sox Holt. legend. Nice. Uh, uh, hit hit for the cycle in a... In a uh, was it a World Series game? game or... Did you really? It was, a, it, was, uh, it was against the Yankees in it was an ALCS game. Division Series in 18. Division Series, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, forgot that. Uh, that was a fantastic. I'm not game. a big got... cycle guy. I, I get I get oh, painted. By... Why? Why? What's wrong with the cycle? It's a crap. <laughs> we do. I don't. Would you rather hit? Would you rather go single, double, triple homer or single, double, two homers? No, single, double, triple single, homer. Single, double, triple no. homer. Sure. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. Yes. A lot of guys have gone four for four with two homers. Not how many guys have had the the cycle. It's a more rare feat. It's not that rare anymore. It's very rare. Pretty no rare. one hits. No one. No one hits for the cycle. Also, how many cycles are there a year at most? If you if you're talking about Red Sox Yankees playoff games, yeah, you hit for the cycle at a totally. Red Sox Yankees so playoff that, game. I'm totally in on you, but the cycle. I also hate this. I hate a triple away from the cycle because it's like me saying I'm 50 <laughs> pounds away from losing 60. No. Like I got a better chance of getting struck by lightning than get than hitting for okay. than hitting I, a triple. Totally, I I'll, totally agree on that one. I agree. I agree. The the exciting fourth at bat of the cycle is when the guy already has the triple. Yeah, of course. Especially, especially yeah. if it's he already has the homer, right. this triple and the double, because it's like <laughs> now any scratched out infield single right. gets you there. Right. I yes. actually really like when the last thing they got to get is the double. I actually think that's kind of cool because double cool. double like a ball's in the air. It could be a double, you know, like uh, like a single. Yeah, sure. A single you know, playoff too. game. It was great during the regular season for the most part. I mean, I guess if it's a cub, but for the most I, I, like it just one. it doesn't it doesn't tickle my fancy. This is shocking. This is just shocking admission from Boog Shambi. Shocking, I, shocking I, development. <laughs> I got two Mike Leak rookies. Oh, okay. if anybody is a Mike Arizona Leak State. Fan. Yeah, Arizona State. I've got a signed Alex Wilson card numbered out of 710. Okay. I don't, wow. I don't know All if right. anybody's interested in that. Not also, sure. uh, I've got a couple Trace Thompson cards. Uh, okay. If you're interested in Clay's brother as a rookie. Sure. I've got a, I've got a couple Drew Storin rookies. Okay. There we Drew go. Storin, fun. Uh, does anyone remember Cameron Garfield? No. I don't Cameron either. Cameron Garfield? Cameron Garfield. He was a catcher. Uh, it says he's a solid hitting catcher with good base running instincts. This is a die cut numbered out of a hundred autographed. Oh, that's really Cameron cool. Gar if you're maybe if you're one of Cameron Garfield's close friends or relatives, you'll. All right, let, let me just tell you about his physique, Mike. Uh, let me see. Does it does he have the physique of a major league catcher? It doesn't say. It let says he has a great arm with one of the quickest releases in the draft. He went to Murrieta Valley High School out here in California. Let and was drafted say, by Milwaukee in the second round. Let me just say this. If you are a catcher and your scouting report is you run pretty well, that's not good. That's that's <laughs> that's, that's not what you want. Here's a signed Matt Helm card numbered out of 700 or so. Oh, that's fun. 
Uh, I got a Jake Marisnik rookie. I got a Zach Wheeler rookie. That's pretty good. Right oh, there. Zach Wheeler's Zach good. Wheeler. Zach Wheeler's yeah. very good. Yeah. That, that's what that might be the best one you've gotten so far. It might Rated be, for yeah. Carlos Beltran. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Also, Dean, a Dean Weaver rookie. I don't know who that is. I'm not familiar uh, with Dean's work. And Josh <laughs> Flegley. Josh, an autographed Josh Flegley card. Hmm. There you go. That's Those are my good. highlights. That's, yeah. That's pretty good. All right, but I'm gonna I'm gonna switch to football too. Tomorrow's the Super Bowl. We should we should know. We should switch is to football. It? Plus, yeah, it is. Plus, um, I wrote a football book. Did you know this? I wrote a football book. I, I that I that sorry. I, uh, yeah, football book. It's called Why We Love Football. Uh, that is coming out this September. Uh, and I just sent it in. It's literally just finished. So I got some football stuff. So I'm. Joe, I'm just... do you suffer writing or do you like writing? Is it painless for you? It's 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 a good question. It's pretty painless. Uh, I love to write, but you know there there are there are limits that I never seem to uh, put on myself. So I I end up giving myself challenges that are. I wrote this okay. book in just a few months, and it was it was uh, challenging. But yeah, I love writing. I love especially yeah. this kind of writing where I'm I'm just. Telling stories, so you and finding like the cool process. Things. Mike, do you like it? Uh, I like the uh, I like writing TV shows, um, no, I don't. and I find and I find it I find that not super painful. I wrote a book. I don't know if I told you this, Joe. I wrote a book a while ago. Wait, you wrote uh, a book? I did. I yeah, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that I I I both enjoyed that and found it incredibly difficult. But it was the first time I'd ever done it. Joe's written like thirty books, so you know yes. he's a. Uh, He's but, it's easy. So yeah. what did you find harder oh, about it? That actually is really interesting. at least Joe. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, it was harder for me because simply because TV writing is collaborative, right? So you're in a room ah. with a group of other people and they all pitch jokes and they make everything better. Uh, and then, you know, eventually there's some solo work that you have to go off and do it yourself. But the process of it is, is a team sport and it's very fun as a team sport. And the, the book writing obviously was essentially solo. So that that part of it was an adjustment, but I did enjoy it. I, it was hard, but I enjoyed it. I guess I would say. Can I can I ask a question that you've been asked a nine million times? What was the first like incarnation of the law firm of? Oh, Babbitt, Picotto, <laughs> Vorp, and Eckstein. Uh, so that that was a a classic example. The first of, version of the joke was what? Was that that was the first example wow. because I because I I wanted a so I I. We wanted to come up with a, a funny name for a law firm. Uh, law firms, you know, are are classically weird names. And um, it, Thomas Pynchon, who was one of my favorite writers when I was a kid, was uh, came up with a, a always had funny names of law firms. One of them was Warp, Wistful, Kubitz, Chick, and McMingus, which always made me laugh. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, we should have a funny name for the law firm. And so uh, Babip, uh, uh, Pakoda, Vorp. And I was searching for the last one and I couldn't figure it out. And then my friend, Matt Murray was like, oh, it should be Babip, Pakoda, Vorp and Eckstein. And that was like the it's like the perfect joke because perfect. it's both a real name and also a guy who was at the center of the debate about advanced <laughs> analytics in baseball. And it it really it, it when he I remember the moment he pitched that I was like Babip, Pakoda, Vorp and and he went, oh, Eckstein. And I was like, oh, God, oh my what a God. perfect joke that is. <laughs> right. Perfect joke. It's a perfect and it's an joke. element 
element of it too, isn't there? Like when you, if you write a really good joke that even, even if it doesn't necessarily make you actively laugh out loud, that like touches your soul in a way, it's like, God, that's a good joke. Well, it was like, yes. And also I knew in that moment that this was a joke for about a thousand people. And people, right. <laughs> yeah. And and though and so those thousand people were already gonna love the joke. But when Matt pitched Eckstein as the final name, I was like, oh, now those thousand people are going to like trend like they're gonna like float <laughs> outside their bodies and 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 it's going to be a transformative moment when they love, see this on screen. I love that I was one of those people. You were indeed. It's essentially for you and Joe and nine hundred and ninety-eight other people. That's it. That's it. It was just for us. <laughs> Boo, by the way, you, you, you've you've asked some questions. Well, let's 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 talk a little bit about you and your uh, amazing career, uh, because uh, it it is it's been quite a ride for you, hasn't it? I've been really lucky. I I love it. So you know what's cool is I still love it, right? I still get up to it, call it comes so across Rangers, and I'm like, this is fun. This is interesting. Um, I got to call the World Series this past year, which wow. was on the radio, which to some extent was the way I probably would want to do it just because I listened. I can remember listening to Vin call the World Series yeah. and and Ernie Harwell. And um, I don't know, man. And it, and it was like one of those things that was always a dream of mine. And then I got to do it. And it was every single drop as good as I hoped it would be. It was really? that much fun. Yes. Yes. And it was game, you know, like game one of the World Series. So like Seeger ties it in the ninth. Garcia walks it off in yep. extra innings. Yep. I felt like I was good. Um I don't know, man. I, I just I still like it so much. I still get excited for it. And I'm grateful that I that I do. Um I like doing basketball. I would say I do get to do what has been in my life my two favorite sports in in baseball and college basketball. I like the NBA too. Um I certainly, you know, I grew up huge Eagles fan, but man, I I just I like it so much. And you know, for me the analytic piece I think it was probably, you know, Rob Nyer, Bill James, you know, and then you guys eventually, um, but I it it keeps me interested in a way that you're just learning and learning, yeah. and you don't know, but you you just know more. I just feel like the one of the things that's cool is in baseball. I feel like your ability to know more than in the other sports about like who's good, isolating performance than. You know, yeah, you want to have a good quarterback, but what's the impact that the, a real good offensive line has on the quarterback? Right. The wide receivers. And 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 parsing that is next to impossible, but the batter-pitcher matchup is so, you know, easily to isolate. I just, I love it. I love it, and I love being able to tell stories, and I love the relationships I've cultivated in the sport. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Love collecting things? Time to add Goat Guns miniature models. These gun models are one-third to scale and one-tenth the cost of the real thing. These little bad boys are four to 11 inches in length and weigh up to one full pound. Build, collect, and customize your Goat Guns collection with attachments. Build your dream collection at GoatGuns.com. Let me, let me ask you a question. I'm very curious about this because this is, you know, something that writers uh, can do and, and actors can do, I think, too. Do you feel do you have a feeling after you call a game, no matter what it is, do you have a feeling of like, I just did a good job or I didn't do a good job? Do you have do you have that feeling after yes. the, after the broadcast is over? You do. Yes. And, and what and what determines can you pinpoint what determines whether you think you did a good job or a bad job? I think look, the one part that I would say, I, I don't think it's the same every time. I just kind of know. Yeah. Hmm. You know, for me, you know, on radio, I'm so I, I I'm such a slave to the mechanics of it and and describing and really thinking of it as the person that is sitting on their porch and can't see the game. And so when Corey Seager gets in the box, even though 90% of my listening audience knows he is left-handed, I am going to describe him as a tall left-handed hitter at times to activate the eye in your mind so that you can see it. Um, and then in terms of timing, you're just trying to, yeah, you're trying to describe, but be on time. And some games, you're just not on time. There are some times when I ask JD a question in the middle of a TV game. And like, I did a couple of times last year where I asked a question as a pitch was coming in. And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> and, but you just, and so like sometimes, but I, I'll tell you this, the one thing I feel good about is, I mean, I'm hard on myself for sure, but I know I don't feel like I need much help at the end of a broadcast in terms of someone saying you were good, you weren't good. Um, I, 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 I really feel it, and it's it's probably kind of unshakable, and and probably to my detriment when I don't think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's such an interesting. I know every announcer I've talked with, there's there's always something that you could have yeah. said better or something you wish you would have said, something you thought of yes. later and all of that. But I mean, to me, and look, I'm not just saying this because you're on here. I felt this way for a long time. Mike and I have talked about this. Like how important is it? If you talk about how much you love it, that comes across. It just comes across. And I do wonder how much of announcing is maintaining that enthusiasm for the game. Uh, because I don't think anybody likes listening to, no matter how technically sound, how good you are from a technical standpoint, if it's if you don't have that enthusiasm for it, it, it really comes, I think it comes across as a listener. Yeah, so I think 
I access it by if you were to sit there and think about what you're like off the air and what you're like on the air, and you're just trying to get them to be as close as possible. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we all start with this thing where we want to sound like a 66 year old white guy because it's what we're used to. I mean, even at times when somebody hits, when Dean Palmer hits into the six, four, three double play, there's a part of me that would want to blurt out. And that's just what the doctor ordered. But like, I don't fucking talk like that. So don't say that. And so the type of stuff that allows me to just be authentically me I've spent now probably close to an hour desperately wanting to make some comment on how spectacular Shore's hair is. Like I just <laughs> and so but I'm, but here's the thing in play by play world that is not a space you're necessarily supposed to go to. That is a space that I will go to. Yeah. And right. so I will do it and I think in some regard what comes out is like, I'm happy to be here, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know that I'm actively trying to show how much I like it. I think the, the one thing I realized is that it is more of a gift, this job insofar as there's a mindfulness meditative aspect to it, because I can't describe what I'm seeing engage Jim Deshays. He's over there. Um, <laughs> and, and entertain the conversation in the back of my head. I can't entertain, did the girl I went on a date with, did, was she interested in me because I liked her? Did I leave the garage door open? Um, I can't entertain those conversations. I have to be fully right. present, and that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to say that I, I got the chance to call a game with Jason Benetti. Who is, uh, by the way, as good as it he is so talented. So good. So good. So good. And and uh I I knew it was going to be difficult. I wasn't I was under no illusions that I was going to be good at it or that uh that it wouldn't be extremely difficult. I was shocked at how much harder it was just to play the role that I was playing, which was not important uh in that moment. But it was I, I like this is a game I've been watching my entire life. I'm 48 years yes. old. I've seen a hundred thousand baseball games. And the you think of it as a game that does not move quickly. The game moves incredibly quickly. And yep. the I, the idea of being good and fluid and informative and interesting while you're trying to explain what you're seeing, uh, it, it it I think it's the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life, honestly. And there's so much space, right? The canvas is big. I mean, at times it does move slowly. Like my joke always is, but I'm not, totally kidding I, I make people laugh with this all the time i'm just trying to not say dumb shit for three hours <laughs> because this game like the, the without before the pitch clock i'm telling you fellas with the amount of time between pitches and the amount of time between balls being in play it is an invitation to say dumb shit and you're just trying <laughs> you're just trying to resist it yeah. And because the other thing is, if you followed people around all day and just recorded them for three hours straight, yeah, they'd find out you'd say dumb shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, you yeah. just say it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like at a yep. certain point in that three hours, your mind's going to wander off and you're going to be like, yeah, what's that over there? That <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
I well, I I I I said this. I think when it when it happened, but the funniest moment to me was I was uh, Jason had asked me a story, uh, asked me a question. I was telling a story about I don't know writing on the office or something, and uh, the pitch came in, and the ball was uh, sliced down the right field line, and uh, I I was just like watching it, and I was thinking to myself, oh, is that gonna stay fair? Or is that going foul? But I didn't say anything out loud. And so what <laughs> happened was there was just a long pause. And it, and then I had this I had two thoughts very quickly, one of which was, oh, no one's saying anything, which is generally speaking bad for a baseball radio broadcast. And number two is, oh, no, I'm the one who's supposed to be talking. And, and so that's the other side of it. Right. Is that you're you're going to say stupid stuff while you're what when over the course of three hours. But then also, if you're not saying anything. Because yes. you're just watching the game like you always have as a right. as a viewer. Well, then that's also a problem. So <laughs> I, I need a little more out of here, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, yeah. I've got I've I've got one more uh, exciting uh, box of cards to go through here. Oh, I don't let's know do what it. You're doing, Joe. Uh, I'm so I've got I've got two thousand SP authentic football cards. Oh wow! And I think we all know what rookie card we're looking for in this box. Is it, uh, is it, uh, yeah. It's Brian uh, Urlacher. No. <laughs> I was going to say, really? Is it is that the year? That's awesome. So Jason uh, the, the, the rookie cards in this box, Brian Urlacher, Sean Alexander, yep. Jamal Lewis, Plaxico sure. Burris. Right. And, and a young man out of the university of Michigan named Tom Brady. Okay. So the, Heard the of Tom him. Brady, the Tom Brady, this is one of the most uh, famous uh, Tom Brady rookie cards that exists it's wow. the this is this is a like this is a uh this is a big deal and there are there is also a, a numbered edition out of i think 1200 or something and that you, would be worth in the thousands of dollars if you pull this tom brady card you're going to give it to people is that what you're telling me you're not yeah, going to yes. keep it for yourself no, amazing no. that is the whole point of this auction. well yeah it is, is the are, point we are <laughs> we are going to if, if i pull this card this will be an option for you and this will be the reason that you uh, that you want to uh, chuck twenty five bucks at Project Main Street? <laughs> is, there, is there any part of you though that as the like for the joke you got you want to say absolutely not? I'm keeping this. Well, oh, yeah. I, I I would say one thing, which is that uh, as a, a an overpaid comedy writer and the co author of this charity drive, I do reserve the option to <laughs> to buy the card myself. For a donation to Project Main Street. I love of, it. By the way, of, all tax deductible. They, can we right. just say 501c3, Project Main yeah. Street's a 501c3 tax deductible. So, so if anybody I, wants to plunk down yeah. some jingle, you go ahead. I'm going to say right now that I that that I do reserve the right, in theory, to buy the card yes. going by the book value, let's say. If I make a donation of the book value of the card to Project Main Street, I can preemptively buy the card. I think that you have to double the book myself. value. All right. At least. Fine. At least. Yeah. I think that it seems fair. Two, two X book value. Two X book uh, value. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Here we go. Uh, we we start with uh, former uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneer quarterback, Sean King. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> just just as good, by the way. Just as good. <laughs> Oh, here's Ike Hilliard. Remember Ike Hilliard? Oh, yeah. Ike Hilliard. Yeah. Good about, receiver. I forgot yeah. about Ike Hilliard. Uh, uh, another great quarterback from this era is Brad Johnson, of course, for the uh, the Commanders. Formerly of course. Known as a different Minnesota? name. Minnesota? Uh, no, he's uh, he's on the Washington football team. He was obviously Minnesota, yes. Hey, hey. 
Jerry Rice. Look at that oh, Jerry Rice card. Oh, look at that. Hey. Beautiful. Look at that. Late career Jerry Rice. And, uh, ooh, new classics. Dante Culpepper. This must be one of his first cards, too, look right? Look at Wasn't that. that that's, that's a nice card. These that are is nice a very cards. nice card. Yeah, these SP I was doing cards. sports talk radio in Miami when I guess Saban was down there and they were trying to figure out, are they going to, free agent-wise, are you going to go get Drew Brees or are you going to get uh, Dante Culpepper? And they didn't choose wisely. He made the wrong choice, yeah. <laughs> so the one year that I actually played fantasy football, I, I, I don't do that, uh, or baseball, uh, uh, hardly ever. But I played fantasy football and it had the first pick of the draft, and uh, there were obvious choices to be had. And I took Dante Culpepper because I'm like, oh, he runs and he throws and he runs and he throws. He didn't run or throw that year at all. So, <laughs> so all right. So I've been hey, opening. What do you got? Oh, CC. All, all he does is catch touchdowns. All he guys. does is catch touchdowns. Look at that. Also, Emmett Smith. These are some. Uh, these are not early cards, but these are good cards here. Those are good cards. Uh, oh, Ricky Waters. Very fun. And finally, Notre Dame Ricky Waters there. Yeah, Notre that's Dame. The well, Notre Dame Ricky Waters. And this is the Notre Dame Ricky Waters. Yeah. And and, uh, and Jamal Anderson, the dirt. Didn't he originate the Dirty Bird? Wasn't it Jamal? Anderson? I believe he did. Didn't... I think yeah. that's right. I think that's right. very good player. That's a that's yeah. a good pack. Would good either pack. of you guys do the Dirty Bird or what you remember the Dirty Bird as being right this moment? No, not no, nope. not even not even the slightest chance. I, I feel like I remember like. 60% of the Dirty what, Bird. Do you remember like which general... what do you what do you remember better, the Dirty Bird or the Icky Shuffle? Icky Shuffle. They were similar. <laughs> They're not dissimilar. They're not dances, dissimilar, right? but the Icky Shuffle seems way, Mike, Mike literally, you did just give us a little bit of this. You went, <laughs> Yeah, is isn't it that? Isn't it a kind of thing like this? Right? That's in the general vicinity. It's kind of it, shuffling yeah. one way and then shuffling That's the other not way. Really 60%, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I've got I I'm opening the '98 uh, tops uh, cards, which of course we're going for that other quarterback Peyton Manning, which I have not pulled, but I pulled a lot of really really cool cards, uh, including this really bizarre card. It's called it's literally it's just a black card. What? And it says Mystery Finest. And on Ooh. the back, it says these strong armed QBs are among a handful of players in NFL history to pass for more than 4,000 yards in a season and 400 yards in a game. So it's like a trivia question. Each of them is performed in both the Super Bowl and the Pro Bowl and is known as the kind of player who can make a difference in the game. And then it's just black on the front. It, it actually says who the four players are on the back. Does that mean it's like a foil that is you it have a to peel foil off or, or something? I'm not going to do it. If yeah. it is, don't don't peel it off. I'm not going to peel it off. But it. the four players on the back, so four quarterbacks who threw for four thousand yards in a season and four hundred yards in a game. Do you do you want to take a stab? So this is ninety nine. So it's before ninety nine. Uh. So wait. Not so that eliminates Kurt Warner. It eliminates yeah. Kurt Warner and Brady and Manning and and those guys. Was Culpepper one of them from '98? From the '98? He was not. Season? Good, good guess though. No, he was. Well, it's not. from the previous season. I'm sorry. I'm yelling Dan Fouts. Is <laughs> it's not? It is. It is not necessarily from the previous season. I think it's it's all time at this. Marino. Point. So Dan Fouts was a legitimate guess. That was a good guess. Uh, Wait, it's, sorry, it's 4,000 yards in a season and 400 yards in a game. Here's right, what and then it's for. also said that they performed well. Well, they performed in both the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl, which obviously would knock Dan Fouts out. 
since right. he, he was never in a Super Bowl. Um, Phil Sim, no, not going to be Phil Sims. Uh, no, one is uh, obvious. One is Montana, one is, Sir no, Steve Mon- Young. Montana, Steve Young is yes. Okay, not Montana. You're still missing to me the most obvious one, like the original four thousand yards in a season. Warren guy. Moon. The Warren Moon never played at a Super Bowl. Oh right. Yeah. Oh right. Uh, uh, Marino. Marino, yes, Dan Marino. Yeah, know, yeah. That's that's two. The third one, I will just tell you because you should have guessed it right away, is Brett Favre. And oh, then right. and then the fourth one, Mike. Uh, I'm leaning on Bledsoe? you. Bledsoe? Drew Bledsoe, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you get this mystery finest card. We don't even know what the card is. You get that. Uh, we got some Bruce Smith, uh, Tony Gonzalez. Those are Hall of Famers. So Marcus Allen, Hall of Famer. Uh, we got a John Elway card, which if you want this John Elway card, I won't tear it up. That's all. That's my basically <laughs> that's my promise the, to you. The only promise to you is if you want this, if you don't want it, if nobody asked for this John Elway card, it will be destroyed. I'm just telling you wow. that right now. Uh, Great. Bar- Barry Sanders, uh, outstanding. How about how about Ed McCaffrey? Yes. Oh, Ed? Eddie. Speaking Eddie of McCaffrey. little Super Bowl connection, Ed McCaffrey, pretty good player. Yeah. So if you're a dad, yeah. if you're a dad of a great player and you were a good player, nothing but joy, right? You, you, you can't, oh, nothing not, but joy. Right? But if you're the son of a great player and you're a good player, I'm not sure it's, it's nothing hard. but joy. Yeah, that's, that's harder. harder. I think that's, that's harder. harder. All right. I got a little Jerry Rice so we can put together a Jerry Rice uh, package since you got a Jerry Rice card there, Mike. Uh, Jeff Burris, I pulled basically because I covered Jeff in high school, Jeff Burris. He mm. was a good oh. player. He was a running back in high school. He was basically unstoppable, and uh, but but very, very good player. We got a Heinz Ward rookie card. So not we didn't get the Peyton Manning, but we got a Heinz Ward rookie card. So that's he, – he's darn good. A little Ray Lewis. Uh, Ray Dion. Lewis. We got Dion. Everybody Dion, there. nice. Boo, do you ever have any Dion baseball connects? Did you ever ever watch him play baseball? I watched him for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean those, you know, and those those Braves teams. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean he was, I, you know, hitting at times was challenging for him, but he was uh, he could run. He could. Yeah, run. he could run. I I covered him one year when he was in Cincinnati, and uh, actually he was a joy to cover at that point. I mean he was. Uh, as a baseball player, it was the game was so much harder for him. So he was sure. like he he was as hard a working guy as you had out there. And you know, obviously in football, it came pretty easy yeah, to yeah. him. Uh, he, I one of the I'm not to give too much away from my new book that's coming out, Mike, September 17th. Um, What's that? Why we love football. Yeah, it's a book that you I wrote, wrote another book. Yeah, I wrote another book about football this time. Hmm. Uh, um, and uh, the. Deion Sanders playing in his first game. He hadn't even practiced, practiced one time with the team. First game, put him back to punt return, return for a touchdown. Like that's, that's one of the moments in the book. So, you know what I'm realizing with these cards is we are in prime Chris Berman nickname era. Oh yeah. That's what, you know, like for example, uh, I just opened a well-dressed Amani Toomer card, <laughs> which for my money was Boomer's worst nickname because there were Never. well, there were a few bad ones, but I didn't like that one at all. Well dressed Amani tumor. How about Amani? It's not a tumor, or <laughs> or you know what I mean? Like I, like 
well you're saying there was more you're saying it's worse because there were better options not because better options not because of its own thing i pulled this i want i want people to get this because this is a kajana carter card right here oh Oh, kajana carter so i covered kajana in cincinnati penn state right penn state first pick of the draft the bengals traded up to get the first pick of the draft and they took kajana carter which you know you don't take a running back with the first pick of the draft but they did he goes out to his first, and this is when the Bengals are beyond terrible. They're just they're the worst. They're the worst team in the NFL, but they're no hope, no future. Kajana Carter comes out first uh, uh, game, first preseason game. He goes out, third play blows out his ACL and is done for the year. Like yeah. like literally third play of, of the preseason. So uh, not not the best. Um, got some Emmett Smith. We got. Uh, Another rookie, a Fred Taylor rookie. Fred Taylor was a good player. Ooh, that's, look at that. Taylor. Fred Taylor, pretty good player. So we got some good stuff. Mike, what do you got? Player. Uh, I've got uh, a couple interesting cards. Not No Brady rookies yet. Uh, not, but tied to Brady in his history is, uh, here's a Ryan Leaf rookie card. Oh, there you right go. Here. There you go. Be defeated, defeated, Brady defeated, or, <laughs> uh, or the, the Michigan defeated Ryan Leaf in that uh, 97 season Rose Bowl. That's right. To win their uh, share of the national championship, uh, which w- the big one of the biggest frauds in college football history. Essentially, the reason we have the BCS, right? Because the AP had Michigan number one. That's right. And the, co- and the coaches had Michigan number one. And then, and Nebraska is number two. And then between the last game of the season and the bowl games, Tom Osborne announces he's retiring. <laughs> and then even though Michigan and Nebraska both win their bowl games, the coaches go out to, of some kind Osborne. of weird, yeah. weird, like coach on coach respect play, give Tom Osborne the coaches poll. So they split the championship, a pain that has plagued me until this season <laughs> when my beloved Michigan Wolverines finally won and won their own title. It doesn't uh, pain me as an anti-Michigan guy, but yes, but that is, but that is definitely a some fair great, one. Some great cards here. Tony Gonzalez. Oh yeah. Javon, I got a Tony Gonzalez. Javon curse, Troy Aikman. Here's a, here's a, a, this is sad. This is a Drew Bledsoe special, uh, supremacy card. Ooh, so look at poor, that. Poor Drew Bledsoe, one of the best quarterbacks in the league marches into the 2001 season uh, as the uh, uh, what is like a Pro Bowl top level quarterback, first pick of the draft, Pro Bowl quarterback took him to a Mo, Super Bowl. Mo Lewis shears his long, Brady takes That's over, Drew, Drew never recovers. All of that Here's, is crazy. I mean, we, it really gonna, is, man. I mean, the whole thing. I mean, Brady even getting to the number two spot on that team when they made a trade in the offseason for uh, for uh, a backup, and then they had. They had, uh, I mean, it was, the, the whole thing was just insane. It was nuts. By the way, you All mentioned right, Ryan Leaf. I just want to say there was a head coach in the NFL who who said to me, uh, because Ryan Leaf, of course, was the second pick behind Peyton in right. in, uh, in that draft. And I, it was sort of controversial going in because, I mean, Leaf had yeah. all of the athletic skills. Manning was, you know, uh, there were some questions about Manning. And I said to him, who would you take if you had the first pick? He will deny this to this day. I said, who would you take if you had the first pick? And he said, oh, I would definitely take Ryan Leaf. No question, mm. I'd take Ryan Leaf. And I said, I mean, I don't know. Manning is pretty good. I mean, he's like put up like way better numbers. He's like pretty great. And he said, yeah, 
but I've interviewed Ryan Leaf. I looked in the man's eyes. Yes. And I've, 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 held, I've held on to somebody That's looking right. in Ryan Leaf's eyes and saying, yeah, he's my number one pick. And I, I saw speak- David Eckstein. <laughs> he's got guts. He's got grit. Uh, all right. Speaking of Boomer, uh, which which card did, did I just pick if I just do this? <laughs> Wait. Who we got here? Mike oh. Allstott. Mike Allstott. Mike Allstott. That's remember, remember Boomer Chris Berman used to do that. Mike Allstott. <laughs> That's how he described Mike Allstott's running style of just like knocking into guys. Knocking into guys. Yeah. Yeah. Very fun. <laughs> very fun. All right, Mike, last bit. This is it. Last card. All right. Two more, any? two more packs of, of these 2000 cards. See if we can pull a Brady. All right. Let's see if we can pull a Brady there. And I'll pull one more pack of 99 uh, upper decks. Baseball. I got a Marvin Harrison. Oh, Pretty that's good. good. That's a good oh, card. Corey Dillon. Corey Dillon. Uh, isn't that wild? Marvin Harrison, his kid is going to be a top two or three pick in the draft. It's, and it's, there, a, here it's really quite incredible to me that the way time goes by. Boom, you must see, feel that. Well, you must feel that Absolutely. where you see kids, kids going in the game for guys you covered their dads. Well, then even and then even just stuff like do you remember Derek Lee saying that to guys? And they're like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm a fossil. That's how I feel. I'm a we fossil. all feel that. We're all, we are. We're all wow. fossils here at this point. Oh, Isaac Bruce. Ooh, be, Isaac Bruce. Yeah. Isaac Bruce in the Hall of Fame or going to the Hall of Fame? I, I, I think he's thing, in. I think he's already in. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's uh, the other, it's the, uh, the uh, quarter, the receiver they got from NC State, but that might be his rookie year. No, Torrey it's a, like a yeah, Tory Holt. Yeah, Tory Holt. Yeah, I have two Aronde Gadsden cards. If anybody's a big Aronde Gadsden fan, oh, sure. OG. And look at uh, look at Kevin Johnson. Look at this card. That's oh yeah, a cool. That's, that's a, a cool a pose. Very right cool there. card. Yeah, he's like le- le- leaping toward the camera. He's 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 leaping toward the camera, saying the Browns were here. No, I believe arrived. I believe when Aronde Gadsden would score, he would do this. Yep, do the big and o. then this. A big I didn't OG. Know about the G. He would do the so he was the OG guy. Yeah. All right, I've got this. Was a, I? I just pulled a really cool pack. All right, here we go. Just go through it one by one. Pedro Martinez. That's that's your first card yes. in this pack. This is 99 Pedro. That's prime height, Pedro. That's prime Pedro. That's prime the best Pedro. Pedro. Yeah. That is, by the way, I've always thought that the cards that should be of value, like from a from a collector standpoint, should be the player in their best year rather than the rookie card. I think their player in their best year would be kind of cool. All right. Then uh, Paul O'Neill. So Paul boo, O'Neill. Action. Boo, boo, boo. Right after Pedro. I wonder how they did against each other. Oh, I, I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. Early on in my relationship with my wife, she was out to dinner with her uh, father and mother. And uh, she came back from dinner. I was talking to her on the phone. And I said, how was dinner? And she said, it was good. We met a we met a baseball player. And I was like, who? And she said, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I forget his name. He was very handsome. Oh, no. Very, very handsome. And I was <laughs> like, who, who, who was it? And she's like, I don't know. He was a very, very good looking guy. This is literally, I'm not kidding, 1998. This is the moment that I, this is like the moment that I hate the Yankees more than I've ever hated anything in my life. And it, and I was like, describe him. And she was like, hey, he's a tall guy, you know, probably six, six, three, six, four, something like that. And he had dark hair and it started to dawn on me who it was. And I was like, was his name Paul O'Neill? And she goes, yeah. Oh. And it, I, there is like, 
it was a real sliding doors moment because it almost ended our relationship. I was going to say it, it was almost over. It, it, yeah, it was almost over. It was like it, it like it, my two kids nearly didn't get born because <laughs> That's amazing. Of how handsome she said Paul O'Neill was. So handsome. <laughs> oh like, let me, can I ask you this? I have this working theory as someone that did not grow up a Yankee or a Red Sox fan. Okay. Although I was, I was there as, as a fan with some BC buddies in 04 uh, at Fenway for all the playoff games. But I feel like the way the Red Sox kind of, vanquished the curse and the Yankees has forever damaged that rivalry. Like it'll never have those stakes again because they finally won and they did it with the greatest comeback in the history of the sport against their arch rivals. The stakes will never be that high again between those two teams. And so to some extent, it sucked some of the air out of the balloon of that rivalry. Mike hates so, them more than ever. Hates them yeah, more than ever. I, I think I think a couple things about this. First of all, I think you're right, because I, I don't think that you can ever have a rivalry as intense as that rivalry was at that moment. It would take yeah. another hundred years. of, right, yeah. And it would take a hundred years of, of the team. same kind yeah, of inter yeah. di interdivisional misery. And yeah. then a similar thing. So yes, and and our friend Brandon McCarthy. It was like the rivalry fine. between a hammer and a nail. That's right. <laughs> and so, uh, so I I think there's a couple possibilities for those rivalries. It's not going to be in the next five ten years. I think like the Lions and the and like the Chiefs or something could end up being a rivalry like that, or okay. or the Bears and the and the Packers could end up being that over if if Jordan Love turns out to be great and the Packers just keep kicking the Bears ass forever and then thirty years from now the Bears are down thirty three to, <laughs> to seven in the fourth quarter and come back and win the NFC Championship game or something right so I think it's possible but my my thing is Brandon McCarthy is always talking about how he hates when those kind of storylines end. Yeah. When narratives end of one team being at the mercy of another team. But my thing is like, if it's going to end that you want it to end in the best possible way. And the, right. the thing about the Red Sox Yankees story ending, if it did indeed end in that moment is it's the best possible ending. It's the most storybook ending, the most dramatic ending, yeah. the, the, the most historically like uh, important and, and, unparalleled ending so like i think it's good when those things end it's just that ideally they end the way that one ended which is something we've never seen before that right. so what else do you want like what how else yeah. can you so oh, okay it ended but like it ended as well as it could possibly end you know no question I'm no question all right let me finish run through this pack here how about a little doug glanville look at that yes dougie g hey, look at dougie, dougie. G. look at dougie g there a little Young Doug Glanville, Randy Johnson, the that unit. Yep, unit. Tim maybe. Raines nicknamed him the big unit. I know that's so great. It's so great. Yeah, Tim Raines gave him that nickname. I didn't know that. Here we go. Sean Green. How about Sean Green? Yeah. Is Sean Green the, he's he's not the last guy to hit four home runs in a game, is he? Like, has somebody done that since then? I don't know. Somebody oh, has. I seems think. like somebody has, but I'm, I'm trying to remember who it is. Uh Edgar. Little Edgar Martinez. This is a good pack. Love Edgar Martinez. Edgar, oh, who? How could you not love Edgar Martinez? 
Uh, how about a little Juan Gonzalez? Very nice. Juan a little Juan gone. A little Sean Casey. The mayor. Good. Pretty good. The mayor. And then Sterling Hitchcock. You know, somebody had to be the Sterling Hitchcock of this pack. Although he was fine. And then Rob Nen closing it out. Little Rob. Love Nen. Robbie Nen. Rob Nen. Rob Nen. Rob Nen. Rob Nen, uh, one of a very few num baseball players with a palindromic last name. Oh, that's right. And for a while, I think, was like top 10 all time for fewest number of letters in his name. Hurt by the fact that it was Rob with two Bs for no well, reason yeah. at all. What do you think Good of it? What do you think of Rob with two Bs? On the Does it work for him or it's no? No, terrible, terrible. <laughs> Rob, but could it, because if he weren't, if it were Rob with one B, he could claim to be Bob Nen. And yes. then have double palindromic name. And also, he would be within one letter of Ed Ott, who I think is the all-time fewest number of letters. I believe Ed player. Ott still holds that record, yeah. I, yeah. Think, that's, I think that's right. Um, so I love it. Check this out. I'll just do one more card before we head out of here. Let's this do is it. pretty cool. It is a an autographed 2000 SP Authentic Champ Bailey. Look at that. Oh, that's a beautiful yeah. card. Look at that. Very nice. That is Champ a good card right there. Champ's a Hall of Famer. Champs Hall of Famer, sign. Yeah, you can have this card. Donate $25. Send the email with the receipt <laughs> to podcastraffle at gmail.com. And if you are a Champ Bailey fan, you could get a, uh, as far to my eye, a mint condition signed, champ, autographed Champ Bailey 2000 SP authentic card. I mean, come on. I got Project Main Street hat for you. Oh, look at this. We got some Project Main Street hats coming. They're beautiful. With a, with They're beautiful ALS hats. With an ALS logo on the back. Great. Boog, Boog, by the way, we really do appreciate you showing everything to us in the camera but unfortunately we don't do video on this podcast <laughs> we haven't figured out how to do it yet so for you guys for it. you guys it's way more fun oh yeah it's yeah. way better so that's awesome we're gonna get that this is gonna be so great so here it is one last time go to project main street project main st.org donate 25 dollars or more or less whatever you can afford people have been donating we've been getting uh uh just donations People are really spending some money. Yeah, it's is, cool. And you're helping people that are living with the disease. So. Yes, it's so great. It's so great. You're doing a good thing. That's the most important thing. But the second most important thing is you send us a receipt at podcastraffle uh, at gmail.com. And uh, we, you, you hear everything we're opening. We're All of these cards, everything we're doing, Boog stuff, my stuff, Mike stuff, everything else, we're putting it in a box. You're going to get a gigantic box of great stuff. That's all we're going to say. Just a gigantic box of great stuff. So please do. Please donate. Boog, cannot thank you enough. This has been so much fun. So awesome. Really enjoyed it. Thanks. This is so great. And Mike, as always, thank you. Thanks for having me. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.